guys, and welcome to The Drop-Off, a weekly podcast between father and son about life, sports, and everything in between. Today is Saturday night, and we will be doing a special episode tonight. So really we are with our friend, Introduce yourself. Atticus Springer. So tell me about yourself. Uh, I don't know. Okay, so you can see he's pretty shy. All right, this shout out to all our St. New St. Stevens listener. We got the A to the dot Springer with us. Tell us, why are you qualified to give us your opinions on the NBA? Um, because I am very educated about the national basketball. Actually, this is a surprise. This is actually a Tennessee-Alabama game recap podcast. Just kidding. Tear. Today is a podcast. We'll be looking for NBA over-unders for the 2022-2023 season. So, we don't want to make it a really long episode, so we can just start and kick it off right now. The whole NBA or just uh, Western Conference, Eastern Conference? Let's like do Western Conference, Eastern Conference, separate episodes. So, which one do you think we should start with? Western. Let's start with the West. Okay, so it's decided. We're starting with the Western Conference. So, the first team on our list is the Dallas Mavericks, and... Their line is 48.5. They won 52 last year. They had a point differential of a 50.45 team. So, Atticus, what do you think of it? I am smashing that under. Smashing the under? Whoa. Why, why are you going under? I don't know. I mean, they lost to Brunson, and I don't know how Luca and Christian Wood will work together. They're both. So I really agree. I hit the under. I didn't smash it and destroy it like Atticus. It's not going to be one of my best bets. But I really think that they're going to go under, mainly because of the fact that they lost Jalen Brunson and Jason um, Jason Tatum. Luka Doncic is going to have absolutely no help. I don't know about no help because they have two big additions. They have a new player, Christian Wood. They got in free agency, six men off the bench. But I'd be surprised if he's not starting by the end of the year. And Tim Hardaway Jr. is coming back, which for all his flaws, like he is a decent outside shooter. And so really, I mean, in the playoff is really when you need Brunson because you want that extra creator. But Luka with four out, that's hard to argue against. If they can be like a semi-decent team, th- defensive team, which one of the most underrated players in the league, we all know who his name is, Maxi Kleber, he's still around. Kleba, sorry, Maxi Kleber. Maxi Kleba. I think Dallas is going to be a really good team. Since y'all are both going under, I'll take a slight over in that case. So I'm going 49 or 50 wins for the Dallas Mavericks very uh, comfortably in the playoffs. If you're going to predict them with 50 wins, you might as well just take the under because that's a pretty slight margin. But... It's, it's better podcasting when you, there's more disagreements, though. Like, we don't have want to have – I love the fact that, okay, y'all are making your bets on the Dallas Mavericks going under. I'm going to take my bet on Luka, one of, if not the MVP front runner. And typically in the NBA, a front, uh, the MVP guarantees you 50 wins. Okay. So, stop. <laughs> so, the next team we're going to hit is the Dallas Maverick – Denver Mavericks. Denver Nuggets, and for me, this is an easy over, and this is definitely going to be my best bet. What do you think? Smashing that over. That is definitely ah, I just said I don't want to do good. I feel the same way. I don't know why their number is so low. The only thing is, is MPJ going to be healthy enough to play a full season? They have Bruce Brown, though, too. Well, they got Bruce Brown and KCP and Smith. The only player they lost is Monte Morris, and I think Jamal Murray is like a better player, and they still won 47 games with him. And they got KCP, Ish Smith. He's, wasn't he like clamping up like a mellow or something? 
I don't know. I mean, Ismith is going to be their backup point guard, so obviously they replaced Monty Morris. I have no idea why this line is so low. Like, wh- what about the Denver Nuggets? If you get Jamal Murray back, MPJ, if he's healthy, I don't see how they're only winning 50 games. Uh, you got Jokic. He's like a walking triple-double, right? Guaranteed production. He's one of the most durable players in the, M- in the uh, NBA. He's probably going to play, you know, 75 games this season, so... Unfortunately, I'm going to have to agree with y'all and take the over on the Denver Nuggets as well. All right, what's the next team? Okay, so the next team is the Golden State Warriors. This one I kind of had a hard time with because they didn't really lose anyone, but they yeah, got no. better. And They lost Otto Porter Jr. Oh, they lost Otto Porter Jr. Forgot about that. Oh, they also lost Gary Payton Jr. So they did have a few key losses. No, they lost Gary Payton the second, second, not Gary Payton Jr. That's a different play- person. What is he? I think Gary Payton the second. I don't know why. I don't know why he's not Jr. It's because Gary Payton has another son named Gary Payton the second Jr. So, um, yeah, they lost Gary Payton the second, and I don't know. I feel like the reason they had fifty three wins last year was because of such a hot start, and I don't think they can replicate that. What about you? Um, yeah, I agree. So y'all going under? Y'all are going under? I'm going under. Then I'm taking the over, and I'm happily taking the over. It might be one of my best bets. I know a lot of people are down the Warriors now, especially because of the whole Draymond episode punching Jordan Poole. I think they're going to go past that. They're going to move past that. They have a championship core. They're going to be competing for the NBA title, going back-to-back. I think Steph's going to have a great year. And I'm actually looking forward to their younger players taking a step forward. Right, James Wiseman has actually showed something in the preseason, which – he was a complete zero in the past couple years. And so if you get anything from Wiseman in that center spot, you got Moody and Kaminga developing. You got Clay coming back second year after the injury. I'm expecting Steph to have an MVP caliber year. I'm hitting this over, and I'm going way over. Golden State Warriors, either the first or second seed in the entire Western Conference. Okay, that was a very – I, I got over. cut. I got, like, caught up. So um, the next team is the Houston Rockets, and oh. – <laughs> I don't really know what to say about this team. They're kind of – they're not kind of. They're really bad because they have no one who can score except for Jalen Green, and he's going to be – he's going to have terrible efficiency. But you are taking the over, right, Dad? I'm conflicted on this. Why don't we start with Atticus first? I don't know. They have a lot of good young players, but I don't know. We got um, one. Uh, I guess I'll say over. So, I hate these, like, low number overs. So, one a few years ago, I picked the, um, or two years ago, I picked the Detroit Pistons to go over on their 23.5 wins. They didn't make it, and ever since then, I've always bet under on the players that don't matter. Yeah, this one is a really tough one. You stopped saying the stats about the teams, so let's try to do that if we can in the future. So the Houston Rockets, their line is 23.5. They won 20 games last year, but they were only on pace based on the point differential for an 18-and-a-half win season. And Like you said, they did add Jabari Smith, but I don't think he's going to be a winning player, at least in his rookie year. I think he'll make some you know, highlight plays on the defensive end of the floor. He'll be middling efficiency. I actually disagree. I think Jalen Green is going to be a very good player this year, and I think he's actually going to be efficient. Uh, we know he can hit the three ball. Uh, we know he is an incredible explosive athlete that can get to the rim almost at will. And so I'm, at, I'm actually expecting a big year from Jalen Green. Unfortunately, I don't think they have much of a defense. They're, always, they're still going to be high on turnovers. And so I don't think they're going to translate to wins. That coupled with the fact that I don't think they're going to be trying to win. 
Right, that's one of the things they have to take. Tank Victor. Exactly. They're tanking for Victor, even for Scoot. Scoot would be nasty on the Houston Rockets. I mean, imagine this. Scoot, Jabari, Jalen Green. If that's your core, I think you're competing for championships four or five years down the line. Right, and you got the complimentary pieces around them. Alperin Shangun, Tari Eason, maybe Ty Ty if he develops. The best so player in the draft. I'm expecting big things out of this team, but not this year. And I expect them to trade Eric Gordon also. And so I don't think they'll be wanting to win. And especially as we get into the second half of the season, I think they'll go on Tank Fest and try to lose as many games as possible. So I'll hit the under on this. 23.5 is a low number, but I still think they're not going to get quite there. That's a five-win improvement. I just don't see it from this team. Okay, so I was going to call it. Is the Pacers in the East or the West? They're in the East. Okay, that's what I thought. So, the next team is the Los Angeles Clippers. This is a very hard team because they have, like, Kawhi Leonard coming back from injury. Paul George was injured most of the season. Their line is 52.5, but last year they won 42. They had a differential of a 41-win team, so they were exactly even. Yeah, they were exactly even, and... I don't really know what to make of them. They got John Wall. They traded, or they got Kawhi Leonard back. And it's just, I'm too scared to bet this because, like, it's just like, is Kawhi going to play at all this season? What do you think, Atticus? I'm going to say over it. I mean, I think, so last season you said they won 42. And that was with, Paul George is, like, injured for some of it. And if you add Kawhi to that and maybe John Wall, hopefully he has a good season, I think that will give them 10 or 11 more wins. Yeah, this is a really tough one. And, okay, first of all, we haven't seen John Wall play in, like, eight years, right? So you're, you're, not, getting, you're not getting 2016 John Wall here, right? Um, and so, one, what's the production from Wall? But even with that, how many games is Kawhi Leonard really going to play? Right? It's been a long time since he's played 70 games in a season. And so it's really, really hard. I'm going to go optimistic. I'm Everybody on the podcast, all our listeners know kind of my uh, relationship history with Kawhi Leonard as a Spurs fan and how difficult it has been. And it pains me to say this, but I think he's going to have a big year. I don't think that he's going to rest that much. I think he will play at least 65 games, and I think the Los Angeles Clippers will go over. A big year from Kawhi. Kawhi. Paul George, he accepts his role as number two on the team. They are like 12 deep, right? Luke Kennard. The best three-point shoot in the NBA last year, percentage-wise, percentage wise, he might not even get off the bench. Right? They're paying him like $16 million a year to play like 12 minutes a game. I mean, they're so deep now. They're a ton of wings. Their only weakness might be their lack of center depth, but that's something that they might be able to solve you know, on the buyout market. So I'm all in on the Clippers. I think them and the Golden State Warriors will be the two best teams in the West this upcoming season. So let's talk about their 12 deep. Who are you putting in 12 deep? Jason Preston? Nicholas Batum. Oh, yeah. No, dude. They got everybody. The Morris, uh, Batum. Uh, who's that? Even BJ Boston, Zubach, Kawhi, Paul George, John B- Paul. So you're going to be re- relying on BJ oh, Boston. Terrence Mann. That guy's legit. Okay, so we got Terrence Mann, Kawhi and PG. Um, what's his name? Reggie Jackson, John Wall. Terrence, or not, yeah, I already said Terrence, man. Ivic Zubach, Morris, yeah, Luke Kennard, and who else? Did you say Zubach? Yeah. Jackson. Did you get Reggie Jackson, yes. John Wall, all those guys? That's at least 10 guys, and I know there's a couple other quality players on the team. Okay. I'm not going to argue with this anymore. I'm taking the under. I don't believe in them there. 
they're going to be good in the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to be trying that hard in the regular season either. Just like the next team that we have, they're over-under. It's the Los Angeles Lakers. They're over-under 45-and-a-half. They have a regular season win total last year of 33. They had a so they're basically on pace for thirty three wins, and the they added Patrick Beverly, Lonnie Walker, Thomas Bryant, Damian Jones. They lost Malik Monk and THT, but what do you think of their off season and what are you going to take? I have no idea what they did in the off season to win twelve more games, except for the fact that you're banking on a healthy AD season, right? And obviously, a healthy AD that's back to a top five, top ten player in the NBA, he's going to be worth a lot of wins. But remember, we also did hear that the Los Angeles Lakers rarely hit their over, and the reason is for some reason people love betting the Lakers, and they get this like Los Angeles boost that puts their win- inflates their win total higher than it should be based on their actual team. So I got burned last year. Remember my finals pick. <laughs> I picked the Los Angeles Lakers to face the Brooklyn Nets in the NBA Finals, and we all know how that turned out. You burned me once, LeBron. You ain't burning me again. So I'm taking the under on this. It's going to be something like this, and they're going to win like 60 games this season. So um, I'm going to take the under, but what do you think, Atticus? I think over. I mean, Anthony Davis was stacking up those fantasy points last season. And I think LeBron James, I mean, like – He's really good. And last season he was injured. Patrick Beverly will figure it out. Okay, um I'm not sure about that. I mean, they've had some beef between each other well, through the years. They win 47 but 47 games, I'm sure you won't be talking. 47 games. There you have it. Boston Celtics will be better than that, I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. But um next team we have is the Memphis Grizzlies. They over under is 49 and a half. They won 56 last year. They had a point differential of a 55 win team, and I have no clue why they can't hit the over. This is a low n- number. This might be one of my best bets too. What do you think? Yeah, I think it want to be the, it seems like it's one of those things they didn't make any big splashy offseason moves, and so maybe there's not in the news, but what? I have no idea. I guess the idea is they overperformed last year. They're saying, oh, they didn't. But I, I really don't see that. I mean, their point differential is basically what they won. So they won 56 games last year. They had the point differential of a 55.3 win team. So that's basically what you would expect based on their point differential. Obviously, JJJ's, Triple J's out for the beginning of the season. But I think based on Intel, he's going to come back not too late. And so, yeah, I, I think they're a 50-plus win team. I think they're a top-four seed in the West. Uh, Jaws you know, one of the young superstars of our league, most improved player. He's going to be a second, third-team All-NBA this year. I don't see any reason why not to take the over. The um same. I'm taking the over. Um yeah, basically that's all to say. I just think that they're a really good team and they're going to hit the over. What about you, Atticus? I am going to pick the over. Okay. But I don't know. I think I don't know. Yeah. I was going to say you're a big you're a big um Grizzlies fan, and I was going to be like, wait, why? I thought you were. No, I just like the jerseys. Oh, so he's a jerseys fan. Like a Hornets jerseys fan. Or oh, Grizzlies jersey. So, the next team on our list is the Minnesota Timberwolves. They made a big splash this year in, off-season, in the offseason. They traded Rudy Gobert for, or they traded for Rudy Gobert, using Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Jared Vanderbilt, 
and basically five first rounders. Oh, and that uh, and that center Walker Kessler from Auburn. He's part of the five first rounders. Oh, you said five first rounders. Yes. So, yeah, that I don't know. I'm their lines about what they were at last year, but I don't know what to do because. I don't know if Jared Vanderbilt and Patrick Beverly might have contributed more than Rudy Gobert will. What do you think? I definitely think they will go over. I mean, Rudy <laughs> Rudy Gobert is a really good defensive player. And, I mean, they already have offense, so they won't need him to be that good on offense. And, yeah, he's like They lost Malik Beasley, their flamethrower, though. That's true. I think one of the big weaknesses on this team now is outside shooting. I mean, D'Lo, he's kind of a streaky shooter. He's he's an above-average shooter, but I wouldn't say he's, like, amazing. And so Rudy Gobert is definitely going to improve their defense. But there's a question. How are, how are Gobert and Towns going to mesh, right? The kind of the new twin, twin, twin towers. They don't have much depth. They're expecting a lot out of Jaden McDaniels. Like, he needs to take a big jump this year. You know, they weren't willing to put him any trade offers because they really believe in Jaden McDaniels, and he oozes potential. But it's, is this the year that those potential is actually going to become performance? And that's, you know, and Anthony Edwards, people are expecting a big jump out of AE, right? He's one of the favorites for the most improved player, can, and he has a ton of talent. But sometimes with these young players, it's it's not always, you know, a... Uh, a clear trajectory straight to the top. You know, there's starts and stops and ups and downs. And so I'm not sure what A's Anthony Edward Ant-Man's year is going to look like. Uh, but this is one, for me, this is one of the toughest calls. And I'm going to I'm gonna take the under. And that's mostly because I've been taking so many teams over. The hard thing is so many teams are tanking in the West, right? Utah's not trying. OKC, the Spurs, Houston. That's four teams on your schedule that are going to be almost guaranteed wins for every other team in the West. And so it's good. It's, it pains me to take the under. You know what? My gut's saying over. I'm going over. Minnesota Timberwolves over. Okay, so I'm going to take the over too, even though everything I've said. So, yeah. I just think that the Twin Towers will be able to work. But the next team we have on our list is the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, First, do you think Herb Jones will win Defensive Player of the Year? He will. He is the best defensive player in the league. You heard it. So, the New Orleans Pelicans won 31 last year. They're on pace for a 38-win team. Their line is 44-and-a-half. And basically the big thing is how many wins will Zion Williamson contribute to? And will the C.J. McCollum for a full season contribute more also? What do you think, Dad? Wow. First of all, I'm just shocked at how unlucky they were. That's crazy that their point differential was for a 38, almost 39-win team but that they only won 31 games. And I don't know what that's pointing to. Does that mean they lost a bunch of close games and they just didn't have a finish or anything like that? And so that's something to definitely keep an eye out on. I'm really surprised that the number is so high, 44.5. I don't know if that's like Zion inflation. I thought this was going to be a best bet because I thought their number was going to come around like 40 and I was going to like hit the over hard. And so now this 44.5 number is really making me think about it. Zion looks amazing, right? He looks like he's in great shape relative to where he's been the past couple years. He looks healthy. The question is, can he stay healthy, right? He already tweaked. You know, maybe they're being overly cautious, but I think he had, like tweaked his ankle or something in the most recent game. And so it's just preseason. Obviously, they're going to keep him out. Uh, but the question is, can Zion play 65, 70 games this season? If he does, I think it's easy over. Uh, but there also is a question of how is he going to reintegrate into the offense. Like, it can't just be a Zion-centric offense because they have so many other quality players who need, who need to eat. They need the ball in their hands too, right? B.I., C.J., 
you got great complimentary players, Troy, TM3, who I love. Shout out to the Rice Owls, even though he transferred to Virginia. We know that he really developed in Houston, Texas yeah. at Rice University. Not in Virginia. No, not in Virginia. He was already basically a finished product by the time he got to Virginia. So TM3, you got Jose Alvarado, Herb Jones, great. Not on Herb. Not on Herb. Is it Herb? Not on Herb. And so uh, one of my best friends from college, a huge Pelicans fan, shout out to Dr. Scare out there, uh, great electroengineering professor at Tulane University. For his sake, I'm going to take the over. I took the over because I have, like, way too many unders. Five out of, like, the seven we've done so far are, have been under. I think that shows how pessimistic I am. But I'm going to hit the over because the wins have to go somewhere. I definitely think over. I mean, Zion looks really good. He looks very good. I'm the exact opposite of you. You're like Mr. Pessimistic. I am so optimistic. Out of the nine teams, I've done seven overs and only two unders. And I mostly only see overs on the rest of my board. So this is going to be, uh, it's going to be tough. Okay, so our next team after is the Oklahoma City Thunder. 22 wins. 22 regular season wins last year, over-unders 22, on pace for a 19-win team. It's basically going to be the exact same season. They're going to sit um, J, um, SGA or trade him for basically the entire season. So what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, I think this is a similar situation to Houston. Man, one of the big bummers for me is this, we're not going to see Chet. I was so looking forward to seeing Chet. Play with Josh Giddy, SGA, and like I thought they might actually get some wins. I think I think Chet was gonna be one of those rare rookies that actually contributes to winning basketball. Uh, but unfortunately we're not gonna get to see him. And so I think they're yeah, he's out for the season. So I think they're in tank mode again. Right. Can you imagine Wembayama and Chet on the same team? And Poku. And, <laughs> we'll see if Poku get, we'll see if Poku gets a rookie extension, but that would be crazy. if Giddy that that's just a ginormous team, right? Yeah, they're playing like a pro-am, like kind of like summer league. Um, so real tragic injury. Hopefully it, it won't be a, a bad sign for his future health. Um, but I'm going to take the under. 22.5 is so low, and it's so hard to go under that. Obviously last year they only won 22 games, so they would have gone under. But they were a 19-win team. I think they added talent, but I don't necessarily think they added winning talent. As we all know, it's very hard for a young player in the NBA, especially rookies, to be positive contributors to winning basketball. I think Jalen Williams will be a quality player down the line. Um, but I'm going to have to take the under, and mostly that's just because I've been taking way too many overs. I'm going to take the under, too, but I was going to say, what was I going to say? Uh, I also think they're going to go under. I mean, I think they have a good team, but I just. How tall is Jalen Williams? Uh, I don't know. I think he's like 6'7", maybe. Imagine a backcourt of Josh Giddy, Jalen Williams, or like a lineup of Wen Benyama, um, Chet. SGA? SGA's no. pretty big. Chet, and then Giddy, Poku, and Jalen Williams. That would be team all length right there. We know Sam Presti loves length, so. That would be a giant team. And the next team we're going to do is the Phoenix Suns. They were Giants. They were the best team in the league last year. They're projected to have an eight-win drop because their over-under is – I accidentally put the wrong number just so you know. It's 61. 
So they won 61 games last year. Their over under is 52.5, over under is 52.5, and they're on pace for a 61 win team. And they basically did nothing this off season. Yeah. This, well, the the only thing they did was like have this huge unnecessary drama with DeAndre Ayton. Which I don't know. Maybe Aiden comes back disgruntled, but I'm expecting him to at least have some development. the The thing you're most worried about is Chris pa- Chris Paul. Chris Paul falling off a cliff. I almost said Cliff Paul because I was thinking Chris Paul falling off a cliff. So I almost said Cliff Paul falling off a Chris. If if Cliff Paul falls off, it would be disaster for the Suns. Because who's their? I mean, campaign, but he's inconsistent. He's he's a great backup, but you don't want him to be the engine of your offense. Obviously, you got D book, but he's not uh, a point guard. And so, if Cliff Paul can maintain his excellence from the past couple seasons, I think he definitely hit this over. But man, he's getting old. He's wait thirty seven, thirty eight years old, thirty nine. Like small point guards like that don't age well typically. I don't know. I mean, they're going to be drafted. If they keep on winning, you know, they'll be drafting kind of lower in the draft. So it's, it's hard to find a really quality options at that point. You know, what about a trade of – never mind. The Spurs would never trade Trey Jones. I was thinking what if the Spurs or, like, the they trade Jay Crowder for, like, Trey Jones. But that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, the Spurs are not in training for veterans mode. You know, they would only trade someone in order to get either a really good young player piece back or draft picks. So, man, again, like I said, I'm taking way too many overs. I'm way too optimistic of a person, but I just don't see how the Suns lose nine more games than they won last year. I don't think they're a 60-win team anymore, but 53, 54, 55, I think that's definitely in the cards. Um, So I'm going to go the over for the Phoenix Suns. What about you guys? I think that even without what's his name, oh, uh, even without Chris Paul, they could be a fifty-one team. I just think that they have just so much young talent on their team with CP3 or not CP3, D Book, <laughs> D Book, um, campaign, not Cam, yeah, campaign, Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, and DeAndre Ayton. I think they're just a really good team. What about you? Ah, uh, yeah, I think over. I mean, they're like Devin Booker is really good, but they're, I guess they're kind of lacking defense. Yeah, I guess Mikael they rely on Mikael Bridges a lot. Never mind. Never mind. Okay, so the next team we're gonna do is the Portland Trailblazers. They over their over under is thirty nine point five, and their regular season wins last year was twenty nine. Their expected wins this year, or last year, was 15.3. So they were a very lucky team. Um, they got Jeremy Grant and Damis coming back from injury. So what do you think they're going to do this season? It's not that they were unlucky. They're they, they out of all the teams, tanked the hardest the second half of the season. Like, they shut everybody down. They weren't even trying. And so that's why they had 27 wins even though they had the win expecting a 15-win team, because at the end of the season, they were getting blown out all the time. And so it was like warping their uh, point differential because of that, because they were losing by you know, 15, 20 points every game toward the end of the season. They didn't play – well, Dame was out with an abdominal surgery and injury. Um, but they won 27 last year. Probably if they were playing for real, they probably w- would have won like you know maybe low 30s. Is Dame worth 10 wins? Maybe, but I just don't see it for the Portland Trailblazers, and I mostly mean that on the defensive end. 
Like Dame's coming back, but he's not a good defensive player. Anthony Simons, Anthony Simons, not a plus. Nurkic, you want your de- uh, center to be one of your best defensive players. Nurkic is not a plus. Who's their wing stopper? I mean, Jeremy Grant. Like, sure, he's okay, but he's not a huge. I don't think he's a, a big uh, rim defender. And so the question is, how are you going to stop anybody? So I'm taking the under on this one. One of my few unders in the Western Conference this year is the Portland Trailblazers under 39.5. Are you pick? Are you saying Yusuf Nurkic is not going to come back to his usual? Like he's not going to be as good anymore after the two, like sir, or like injuries. Well, number one, I don't think he's ever ever a great great defender. Like I think he's got athletic limitations, uh, and so yeah, Portland has really never been that great of a defense, and I think that's that's kind of defined this the. Dame era in Portland, top five offense, middling defense, and you know, what do you get? One 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 Western Conference Finals trip in what is eleven year career, whatever however long it's been. So, I, I think get more of the same, and I think they're I think they're gonna be the outside looking in for the playoffs this year. Um, I I thought at first over, but now based on what you guys said, I'm gonna say under too. I mean, they do have no defense. He has been swayed. I took the under too. Um, I mean, their point differential is just so low. I mean, that doesn't really matter, but, like, 12 games, that's a lot. And, yeah, they re- in reality, to, like, comfortably take the over, they would have to have, like, a 15-point... Po- you would have to be projecting, like, a 15-point jump, right? Yeah, like I said, that um, their point differential is kind of artificially deflated, um, but... It looks like we're all going under on the Portland Trailblazers. Next team up, Sacramento Kings. We're going over-under of 33.5. Regular season, they had 31 wins last year, a negative 5.2-point differential lead, which was expected 27 wins. I think maybe they had a few of those games where, like, I think Harrison Barnes hit a couple crazy buzzer beaters. Was that last year? Maybe that gave them a couple wins above expectation. Uh, What do you think about the Sacramento Kings this year? I took the over. I think that they're going to be really good this year. They got Malik Monk, Kevin Herter, Keegan Murray, I think, is going to contribute to winning because he's, he's like, also older, so he has more experience. And I think Keegan Murray will be good. Um, I think the Sabonis-Fox combo is really good. I think that the Sabonis-Fox combo is really good. And I'm going to take the over. What do you think? I also think over. Uh yeah, I think over. I think De'Aaron any th- anything to say about them? Uh, I think De'Aaron Fox is pretty good. He's like, I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully, they can end their um twenty-two year playoff drought, the longest in professional sports history, or not history, professional sports. And the next team, the San Antonio Spurs. So I didn't, you didn't, even, I didn't even give my over under. Oh, you did. Yeah. And what, he, what Nathaniel was referring to is the Seattle Mariners used to have the longest playoff drought in major professional sports history in, the, in America, but they made the playoffs this year facing the Houston Astros. I don't, did they win today or not? Do you know? Oh, it's, it went into like the 18th inning. Yeah. It, it went it long. Might still be wow. Wow. Mariners, Astros went to the 18th inning. I know it ended 0-0, but I had no idea it went to the 18th inning. Ends in 18-inning thriller. Ends in 18-inning thriller. And the winner is? Yeah. Pena hit a homer, walk-off homer. Wow, so the Mariners won. Are they up 2-1 in the series now? Oh, wait. Oh, Pena's on the Astros? Wow, that's a crazy game. Okay. 
Um, as you know, on the drop off, we had our thoughts on baseball podcast showing that we know nothing about baseball. But one thing I do know is that baseball is so random. Like the better team does not always win. Usually in sports like basketball, you play best of seven. The better team's going to win. That's not always the case in baseball because baseball is so random. Um, Anyways, uh, this is a basketball podcast today. So Sacramento Kings, I wanted to take the over too, but the fact that both of you are taking the over, I'm going to hit the under. Yes, they did improve, but their win differential was only 27-win um, season last year. Obviously, that's not post-Sabonis, so I wonder what their numbers were in the second half of the season once they had Sabonis and uh, made that trade with uh, getting Buddy Hield and uh, Halliburton, Buddy Hield and Halliburton off their team. So I'm going to go under, even though I think they'll be a fun league pass team to watch. 34. It, it's just, it's hard to bet the over for the Sacramento Kings. They've burned you too many times when you thought, oh, they'll probably be mediocre, you know, maybe getting up to 40 wins. But no, they end up with like, you know, 39 or 38. And so I think this time 34 wins is not that much, but still I'm going to go the under because I got to save my overs for the San Antonio Spurs. Do you want to tell us about the Spurs? Yeah, the Spurs. Okay, well, I'm a longtime Spurs fan, and this is basically very new territory, uncharted territory for the Spurs. We do not have its history of tanking, but when we do tank, we do it well. Because the last time, the last times we had uh, really bad records, we got David Robinson and Tim Duncan, and this next time we're gonna get Victor Wembanyama. It would be amazing. Uh, so the Spurs, their line is 23.5, which is 10 games less than what they won last year. They won 33 last year, but they were a 40-win point differential team, right? The main loss, you don't have it here, but the main loss is DeJounte Murray. So we lost our best player, our all-star, our point guard. The reason I think we lost all those games is for all of Murray's strengths, he's not really a closer. We used to have DeMar. DeMar is one of the best fourth-quarter players in the NBA, uh, he can at least get a good shot at the end of the clock. There was a lot of games of the Spurs last year we lost because we couldn't even get a shot off at the end of the game. This year, I'm expecting Kelvin Johnson to take a big step forward. Everyone knows we're tanking, but I think we're too good. We have too much talent to win only 23.5 games, and I don't think I don't think Pop's going to tank per se. He's going to try to win. It's just that we just don't have enough talent to win over a lot of teams in the NBA. But I'd be surprised if we don't win at least 24 games. So for that reason, I'm hitting the over. I'm going to hit the over just because I like the Spurs. But talking about how DeJounte Murray is not a closer, there's one game last season that I remember. We were watching it. It was like the Spurs-Wizards game. He missed like four straight threes, like wide open threes at the top of the key. He missed like four straight. And we were like, what? what is happening? What are you going to choose, Atticus? Uh, I guess the over. I mean. <laughs> so you guess. Just you guess the over. All right, let's play a game of start, bench, cut. Who is the best Murray in the NBA? Start, bench, cut. Jamal Murray, DeJounte Murray, Keegan Murray. Go. Start, Jamal, bench, um, DeJounte, cut, Keegan. That's, that's exactly what I was going to say. Fine, I'll switch it up. Start, DeJounte, um, bench, Murray. Je- bench, Jamal, cut, Keegan. I'm going to start Murray, bench Murray, and cut Murray. All right, uh, so I went over on the Spurs. Nathaniel, you went over. Atticus, did you make your call? I went over. Over. Atticus, you gotta be. You gotta be more enthusiastic, more certain, right? We bring you to the drop-off podcast because the people want to hear what do you think about these teams. The very last team in the Western Conference, we're going to go Utah Jazz, one of the big movers in the NBA offseason. Their over-under is 25.5 games for this upcoming season. Last year, they won 52 games, meaning their under, over-under is 27 games less than what they won last year. And why is it so low? Because they lost Donovan 
Donovan Mitchell and Ruby Gobert, their two best players. And in replacement, they now have Colin Sexton, Malik Beasley, Walker Kessler, Jared Vanderbilt, Ochai Agbaji, and Lauren Laurie Markinen. And THT. And THT. I don't know if he's going to get off the bench, though. So the question is, what do you think about the Utah Jazz? We're going to let you start, Atticus. Um, I do not think they're going to do good. I mean, like, as you said, they lost their two best players, and that was kind of the only reason they were good. But I do think Colin Sexton will get a lot of points because he's like, yeah, that's what he did on the Cavs when they were pretty bad. I don't know why their line is higher than the Spurs, the Thunder, and the, um, where's the last team? Rockets. I think they're the worst out of all four of those teams. Starting Colin Sexton, Malik Beasley, a rookie in Ochai Baji or Jared Vanderbilt, Laurie Markkinen, and like Walker Kessler. That's it. Or you also have Mike Conley, but that's a terrible team. I disagree. Yeah, they have Mike Conley. They have NBA players on their team. The Spurs don't really. I mean, the Spurs can be starting a bunch of young players, like really young who don't know how to win. You got some vets on this Utah Jazz team, and so that's why I think twenty-five point five is a low number if you assume that these players are going to be on the team throughout the entire season. But I think that's the thing with Utah Jazz. They're obviously in teardown mode. They're in asset collection mode. So the team that we have today is not going to be the team that ends the season. And the team that ends the season is not going to have all those quality vets. I would be very surprised if all those guys weren't traded at some point during the season. So for that reason, I'm going under because they're trying to lose. I'm going to take the under, and I'm terribly sad that this is the team we're going to end on. This is such a dull ending. I... Let's do best okay. bets. Let's not just end right here. Let's do best bets. Why don't everybody pick their three best bets? No, oh, he know you never said the Atticus. What's your take on the Jazz? Jazz. I said it first. Under. Okay, okay. so we're all taking under okay. on the Jazz. Let's do best bets. Let's do best bets, but let's say everybody takes three best bets, but nobody can take the same best bet as somebody else. So and so we'll take turns. Bet. Yeah. So Atticus, you'll go first. Nuggets. They're. I'm. Yeah, I'm positive they're going to win more than 50 games. All right, so Atticus takes the Nuggets over for one of his best bets. What about you, Nathaniel? You got, what's your best bet? Your first pick for your best bet. Oh, this is very. This is not very easy because I don't really know who to choose. <laughs> the Denver Nuggets was who I was, were who I was going to choose. I'm going to go with the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, we're doing West Conference only. Okay, I'm going to go Golden State Warriors over for one of my best bets. It's your best. Okay. Oh, we're going to snake draft? Okay, I'll go Golden State Warriors over for one of my best bets, and then Portland Trailblazers under for one of my best bets. Back to you, Nathaniel. This feels so weird. I'm, I don't know why, but I feel like I want to pick the Sacramento Kings over. It feels wrong, but um, I think I'm going to have to do this. Do it. Sacramento Kings over. All right. I also think Pelicans over. And who else? Your last one. Uh, let's see. I also think Clippers over. Clippers over best bet. I would have never guessed that. But my last best bet will be the, I guess, Minnesota Timberwolves over. Okay, last one. I'm a huge homer. Go Spurs, go. So I'm taking the San Antonio Spurs over. I always like picking the over for the Spurs because even if, even if 
reason and rationality says you should pick the under because we're a young rebuilding team it's more fun to cheer for wins for the team that you like you i don't want to have any sort of like conflict of interest in that i'm hoping that my favorite team's going to lose and so i want the spurs to hit the over i think we can get to 24 wins i'm expecting a big year out of kelvin johnson i think he's going to be in the all-star conversation not saying he's going to be on the team but he's been in the all-star conversation most improved player conversation and I want the Spurs to hit the over, win the lottery, get Victor Wembiyama. All right, so my three best bets are Golden State over, Portland Trailblazers under, and Spurs over. What's your three best bets, Nathaniel? Um, wait. So my best bets are the Grizzlies over, Timberwolves over, and the Sacramento Kings over. Mine are the Nuggets over, Clippers over, and Pelicans over. It's a go. That's kind of unexciting because all your best bets are actually fit my – I agree with you. I took all of the same uh, things as you did. But, you know, that's the way it is sometimes. Um, and so we're looking really looking forward to starting. The NBA season kicks off next week. Uh, really glad that you were able to listen to us for a little longer episode than we normally have. We wanted to make sure we go through all the Western Conference team. Check back soon for we'll have our Eastern Conference over-unders. And some uh, – should we do award bets too with Atticus as well? Award predictions? All right, well, we might have a trio of podcasts to drop for you. Western Conference Overrunners, Eastern Conference Overrunners, and award predictions for the upcoming NBA season. Thank you so much for listening wherever you are, and hope you have a wonderful day.